He's a seven million dollar bull rider. In this game, you gotta have that dog. Welcome back, episode two, Reride Podcast. Woohoo. Yeah, joined again with Big Sword, Caden. We've got a special guest on today, Gav. Where? How you going? Yeah, good, guys. Thanks very much for having us on here. No worries. What have you been up to? Oh, I've been trying to beat the heat. It's been a bit hot, eh? Hasn't um, it? Oh, it's been shocking, eh? Hasn't it? Yeah, it's been good. We're getting this rain around, but just waiting on these storms now, which need to come, I think. Not enough rain, but still thankful for the rain that we've had. Tell you where it isn't hot is Sydney. Sydney? Was just there on uh, a couple of days ago and it was cold. I should have brought a jumper. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, cold shocking. down there? Yeah, yeah, it was shocking. It was Well, it was wet, which was great, but it was cold. What did you go very, down to Sydney for? Oh, I went down, me and the partner seen, a, uh, seen Corey Taylor. He's a uh, he's a lead singer out of Slipknot, actually. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, he was mint. I've he never actually mint. got into that heavy metal. Oh, he's uh, great. He's great. He is absolutely great. He's a, he's a proper entertainer. You know, like he sets everything up. He's as famous as fuck. And just people just look at him and they just... Whoa, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he was at the Metro and it was, it was only a thousand people, but gee, it was a good show. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's anyway. the go. How long did you spend down there? Just uh, just one night. Went down there. Got down there. I don't know. Drove to Brisbane on Tuesday morning. Flew down there. Ate shitloads of Taco. Had Taco Bell. You ever had Taco Bell? Don't ever have yeah. Taco Bell. It's no, shit. I love Taco Bell. Really? In America, it was fucking great. Mate, I had it. and It was fucking terrible. Yeah, I was like, what was the, the fuck is ever. it? Really? Every yeah. time I've had it, it's been like really dry. Yeah. Like yeah. Just, like the bread and that. Not a fan. Yeah, I, I got. I looked at the thing and I was like, "Oh, I'll grab the beefy cheese burrito, please." <laughs> anyway, so mind you, I grabbed two, and I was like, "Yeah, this will be sweet." It was like full of mints and whatever. Anyway, grabbed it, and it was that sickening. And it was actually just full of rice, and there was probably a tablespoon of fucking mints in the bottom of it. I was oh. like, "Rip off!" Well, the proper rip off. Hey, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> rice, poor people's feet. Hey, every time I go to Taco Bell, I get the Taco Supreme and never had a drum. Really, really. Never. There and you then no rice, no rice. Really, yeah. Well, the, the, it was hot as fuck too, and I was like, "Off this already." And then to make matters worse, the fries, the chips were microwaved. I was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, too, too. Them worse." Yeah. I watched them. I've been. <laughs> 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 I've been out. I've been out at work all last week, and um, it's been raining. It was raining out there the whole time. Didn't lift a finger. Didn't do nothing. It was just wet, which is which is good. But we um we went out to uh, it's uh, Blackdown's Tablelands. Yeah, Blackdown Tablelands. Yeah, yeah, beautiful waterfalls. The the oh, water yeah. holes was just beautiful out there. Like, oh, um, I mean, that's my stomping grounds actually out there. Is, is it? it? Mm, Dingo. 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 Shout out to Dingo. Shout out to Dingo. And um. <laughs> Uh, fuck, before I went back out to work, I was on a bender and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Never, no. <Nah. laughs> but we're, out, we're down at the pub there and um, doing some tequila shots. Anyways, I heard tequila and I, I saw them on, I saw these cups on, on the bar and I've gone, yep, swing me one of them. I thought it was just a shot, so I just start gulping. I'm like, when's this thing going to end? Next minute, it was about half a cup and I've just gone, holy... <laughs> Oh, well, that's me done for the night. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, this thing just wasn't in. So I went out to the car park, just spewed everywhere, blacked out, was a mess. Just <laughs> never looked so good to go back to work. Oh. And then um, had a hit the Grand Canyon in my ute. Sent, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just doing oh, stupid things and hit this thing. And we just, everyone that's in my car just went flying. Fucking drinks went everywhere. <laughs> woke up in the morning, opened my ute door, and there's just sticky shit everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Was off it. Have what? you ever had a whiskey sour? No, what's that? It's like a whiskey, ice, ginger beer, and some Yulu bloody mix in it. Yeah. Anyway, and last week, believe it or not, I'd been off the drink. Anyway... Oh, we got down bullshit. there. No, 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 no. <laughs> fair dinkum. I was like, righto. Uh, you know, it's getting too full on now. So 
Rightio, I thought I'll have a week off it anyway and then um, my partner and I went down to Sydney there and she was keen on a bit of lunch and having a few beers before we went to this concert. Anyway, actually funny story again, um, I bought two rums straight up, bought two rums straight up when I went there. Can I, hey, can I please grab uh, two rum and cokes and shorts? Yeah, no worries. Anyway, when she bloody put the thing up and said, yep, just tap, I looked at it and it said $24.60. And I was like, oh, I think you've... Um, We've doubled this up, sorry, Della. And she's like, uh, no, 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 no. And I said, so $12.30 per short rum. And she's like, yeah, yep. And I was like, holy. That's crazy. That's crazy. How do they afford to drink down there? But anyway, I had those two rums and then I had a whiskey sour and a week off the piss did not do me any good because I was blind, rotten, drunk after that. <laughs> I was walking out, stepping into the Uber like, oh, I don't know, we got to pull over here shortly. And uh, anyway, no, I didn't. I didn't spew, but that was that was. Good. I reckon that must be why they like they get in so much trouble down there in Sydney. Oh, absolutely. they can't afford to drink too much, so they never get real piss fit. So then they <laughs> yeah. go out and have a big night. Then the next minute they're stabbing someone. No kidding. I think um one of one of the adventures that finished me bender <laughs> was um I think it was an old classic that everyone does rabbit hunting. I think a few beers uh, rabbit hunting. But I think we had a few too many beers, and yeah, it, I haven't it, been rabbit hunting in years. Really, <laughs> growing up, but I think I think I think as a kid, if you haven't been rabbit hunting, you haven't lived. Hell yeah! Because we all go on rabbit hunting. We're in the Can Am. Anyways, um, Ben was in the back and would just get out and, and chase them and try and catch them in that. And I saw these two rabbits, and I was driving. I was like, "Gunned it, Roger, We'll get these bastards!" And next minute, it sounds like Ben fell out the back. <laughs> I was like, "Shut up!" I didn't know that was serious. So I was like, get on Ben, get on Ben. He's not here. I look behind, he's flat on his back. Flat, lost his balance. But it, made, it just made, it made me think of that time. Like, if, if you haven't grown up, even being a kid, your parents haven't taken your rabbit on, you haven't lived. Nah. No, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, what have you been up to, Caden? No, not a lot, actually. I've just been keeping quiet. Yeah, you went to a bull ride? I did. How'd you go? No good. No good? <laughs> leave it at that? Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, awesome. But um, now we've got Gav on today, buddy. I suppose building from where the podcast is building upon the Western genre and that, you're a perfect guy that's going to fit what we're doing, perfect guy to yarn to, I suppose, as well. Um, you, you, haul, you break horses, you train horses. Yep. You train dogs. Yep. Um, you're, you're into... Cutting? Uh, uh, challenging. So challenging, sorry. and challenging. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Done so a bit of um, cutting back in the day. Um, it just got a bit expensive for me, so I, um, yeah, I sort of found a, a bit better of a sport, I suppose, that I sort of fitted into too. I was a bit of a wild child, so. <laughs> what, um, so, oh, we'll, we'll run it back, but how, how, do you, how do you get into it? Like, where, just, where did it all start for you? Because, like, um, I've seen you around the woods for a long time and that, and I, you used to get on bulls back in the day. Yep. So did, did it start? Good at it, <laughs> so I give that up. Yeah. <laughs> did, it, did it start back then, or was it something that come later in life? Yeah, no, it was. I suppose um, I got a video when I was about thirteen. Ford v, old VHS. You remember the old video tapes? I got mm. one of them when I was about thirteen. I think there was two of them actually. There was they were Al Dunning. Um, anyway, I watched these couple of videos and I went, "Holy jeez!" You know, I was just used to the old bush horses. We grew up in Clifton Station and. And um, spent my life there, and, and I went, oh, well, that's what horses are. And um, old bush horses, they'd pull through the scrub, and Dad would put us on these things. And, and I seen an old mate working a cow, and I went, holy, that is awesome, you know. Like, that's awesome, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I was about, that's probably where the fire sparked in me, I suppose. And I went, um, yeah, I sort of, I started to try and find out a little bit. And it wasn't, I sort of got into dogs, because it was, you know, I was a young fella, and, and you swap all over the shop and dogs were probably a little bit easier. I had one old mare I was training, I was playing around with, I knew nothing, I was just ruining her. <laughs> um, but I had, I had I got into a couple of dogs and a fellow named Sean, my well, name Sean McGuigan at Thang Girl and, and um, went and done a couple of schools and started spending a bit of time with him. And um, anyway, I sort of got to know Sean and Joe really well and he had an old wagon cook mare um, that he'd taken to the fraternity in 95 and... 
I went over, I, I went, they went away on a holiday down to Victoria or somewhere like that. And so I went over and I caretake their, their place. And he said, oh, if you've got to do any mustering, jump on that old mare over there. And um, anyway, I jumped on this thing. And I didn't know a horse had so many buttons on it. Eh? It was trained, this thing. Eh? And, um, and that was when I ran, holy shit, this is pretty cool, you know. So I love anything to do with, with cattle, I guess. Cattle are my base. Um, so anything that, you know, dogs or horses, anything that has to do with working cattle, you know. Because yeah, you, you, you do a bit of contract mustering yeah, as, as yeah, well. Yep. And do, what do you – do you – um them horses that you're training that, do you use yep. use that yep. to obviously train train them up? Yep. They go mustering. They go – they go they do the miles, you know. I'm big on horses going and doing the miles. Um, right from my breakers, they go, they go mustering. And then all my show horses, all that sort of stuff, they go and – they go mustering with me and – you know, you pick and choose. If you're going to go chase a few clean skins and going to go tie some up, you probably mm. don't. You don't take a seventy thousand dollar horse with you. But, um, but yeah, you, you you sort of try and take something that's that's going to handle the job and and get it done. Eh? Yeah. How did how did you get into it? So like, for instance, if there's if there's people listening right now and they're interested or they're trying to get yep. a foot in the door, like obviously, like you said, there's a lot of buttons yep. in in horses. How yep. how did you find them skills? Was it was it self taught or was it just like learn a little bit or do you go to schools or do you learn like um, knowledge watching people? How'd that come about? Done a lot of clinics, um, watched a lot. Of, I'm I'm probably not real smart, so I never learned a lot in school as far as reading a book or or you know writing things down. But if I watch somebody do something, whether it's you know build that chair there if i watch them do it i can go oh i've got a pretty fair idea how they're going to do it you know so so i'm big on visual and I, i've learned that over the years that people there's there's sort of three different sorts of people that um when i'm running schools or clinics or that sort of stuff people will either they'll listen they'll they'll look or or they really need to be really showing through it really explained through the whole thing you know um so that's the three different sort of sorts of people, and I'm that look because I'm not smart enough. I wasn't real smart at school, so I just, um, you know, watched a lot of videos, went to a lot of clinics, spent a lot of money over the years. Um, who was your main man? Who you sort of, or you picked up the most off? Probably, um, probably guys that that. Well, it's been recently, um, and you know, a lot of guys over the years, um, Ian Francis, that sort of stuff, but. Recently, I reckon the guy that's that's probably helped me the most, a fellow named Josh Smith. He's at Marmor. Yep. And um, Josh challenges, and he's a pretty hard man to beat, but he's just a really down to earth guy, just like all us. He, he loves yep. a drink, and and um, and you know he he loves putting a good horse yeah, um, yeah. to show, you know. And, yeah, gotcha. And yep. um, yeah, so it's been guys. You know, there's been a lot of different people I I could name over the years, mm. um, but I reckon you know. Even in the last two years, I've learned a lot of a lot of him. Just mm. just as far as as finesse and things, you know. Yeah, yep, yep. And you're not down at Dalby. Nah, nah. nah. Um, I just don't have any uh, sale horses for yeah, Dalby. Right, uh, we were yep, going to yep. go down, but end up only thing that ended up happening there is spending money. So <laughs> I said, no, we'll stay home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're yeah. going to go down to Nutrien, uh, down to Tamworth. Ah, yeah, yep, yep. So yeah, hopefully we can we can maybe pick something up down there. Yeah, copy. So coming with the um, horse breaking and training and whatnot, there w- you would have had a few injuries and bust ups along the way. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah that's a few uh, of them stories. I do, I do. You had one. Um, <coughs> what, what was it go? I remember you had a you had a <coughs> um, bad bust yeah. up not long ago. What was that about? What had happened a, there? So had a sort of little bit, little bit my own fault and a little bit client client sort of fault. They a horse come to me had supposedly had twelve months off and um, anyway I. I, I I'd done it was dropped off on a Sunday half and I started on the Monday morning and and I'd done I'd so I sort of go through me through me little deal and and um started remouthing it and that sort of stuff and I thought this horse handled it pretty well and me little fellow he had to be picked up at like four o'clock he was still in daycare so I had to I was, it was like 20 past three or something like that and I'd got to the end of the day and I thought well, this horse is handling everything pretty well I'll, I'll just give it a quick ride and I got on it and it hadn't shown me any sign of doing anything wrong, you know, and I thought, oh, it's going to be pretty cruisy. And um, jumped on it. As soon as I jumped on it and, and I sort of felt its feet locked to the ground, I went, there's two things that happen when, like, when a horse is going to do something, his feet always always freeze up. He's either going to do one thing, he's going to buck, or he's going to rear. And anyway, this thing sort of started humping about a bit, so I, I, um, 
I sort of went with it and and give it a bit of a hoo ha and and um, anyway, it sort of found out it couldn't get rid of me. So then it decided right, oh, it's going to go up. So it sort of jumped straight up in there and just flipped straight over. And as I went to get out, <coughs> there was a retaining wall right behind me in the end of the arena. So I couldn't get out of the road. And anyway, the swell of the saddle hit me across sort of the belt line, I suppose you'd say. And and um, um, yeah, I knew something bad, bad. You know, I had a fair bit of pain, and I went, "Oh, yeah, this ain't good." So I, I'd just seen Katrina, Katrina Bill. So um, I trained out of Boot Hill there at the moment, and and I'd just seen Katrina come home from work, and I, she was the only one around there. So I, I grabbed my phone straight up, and I rang her, and I said, "You better call an ambulance." And and she called an ambulance, and then that was sort of about the the last I can sort of remember. Um, I woke up in Gladstone Hospital a couple of days later, and they couldn't find anything wrong with me at that stage. Um, but then I was pretty lucky. There was a specialist come in. They said, oh, we've got a specialist in. He's flying out at 9 o'clock. He wants to have a quick look at you. He was like an abdomen specialist. And um, he come in. He said, mate, I'm going to just do some quick keyhole surgery on just have a look, just see. Because they'd done all the scans. They couldn't find anything wrong with yeah. me. They thought at the start I'd smash my pelvis and that. Nothing wrong with me. They'd done CT. And, and um, anyway... I was like, yeah, right and then I think about eight and a half hours later I woke up out of surgery. They they had pulled all my all my intestine out and, oh, and um oh, so they opened me up from my rib cage to top of my old fella and pulled me rib uh, pulled all my guts out and they had to clean it up and they took out twenty three centimetres of small intestine. Um so it had put perforated the when the horse hit come down on me it had perforated it. How how'd that go coming back from from that injury, like was it a long? It obviously, would have been a long recovery. That it was lucky. I was, I was sort of. Um, uh, I can do a bit of leather work, so I sort of fell back on that a bit, and and I'd done a bit of leather work there for a while, and and um, I spent about oh probably three and a half, four months, I suppose. Um, and yeah, it was like don't get me wrong, and still these days I still I've changed me 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 program a little bit to make sure that I'm safe you know because that's my family if you know someone sends you a horse for four weeks it's fair enough but mm. um, if you get hurt you're hurt for the rest of your life eh? yeah so, that's right so um, so yeah I I sort of I'm a bit smarter now I suppose so obviously that's probably your worst one I couldn't like that to me sounds pretty bad yeah, you, yeah. Have, you, have you had many other close calls or injuries because yeah, in, in obviously you know it, if, if yeah you Working with them in that, like, it's, it's pretty unpredictable. Yep. And, you know, some of the situations you get in are kind of, you've you got to take it as it comes at the moment. Definitely. So, so yeah. how, have, you, have you had any 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 others? There's been a few close calls. Like, there's been a few there where you, you sort of lose, lose a bit of, you know, young horses, they'll lose their mind, get a fright or something. And, mm. and the biggest thing, I suppose, is you can't panic, you know. That's you, right. Instead of pulling on their face and making it worse, you've got to sometimes pull your old cutter off and wave him down there and eye and... And get him to come around, you know. Like I oh, know, even yesterday, went down, just had two horses, two young horses, and the young fellow got working with me. I said, "Oh, we'll fly him because it's a bit wet." And I said, "We'll fly him down the beach." And <laughs> anyway, he, he said, oh, "I'll pick that one." And I thought, I sort of thought he, I thought, oh, he's doing himself a bum steer here. I'll get the other good one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got we got all the way down. We go down to Lily's Beach. There, it's only pretty close, about twenty five minutes down there, and and and. Um, Anyway, I said, you go out ahead. It's like we'd been down the end and, and she sort of gave me a few inclinations that she wasn't real happy. And, and I said, you go out, you keep going. I'll, I'll just make my way back. And, and I was just sort of playing around with her, pulling around. She had enough. She went, stuff this. We were on pretty high tide. So she, she looked at the old ocean and I could see that. I could feel it. I went, oh, shit. <laughs> and if, like anybody that knows me knows I can't swim. So this is a pretty bad situation. <laughs> <laughs> so so I've, I've got this little filly out that she's heading for Curtis Island. And I'm going, oh, shit. <laughs> Call the Coast go. Guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call the cops. It's off its chops. <laughs> and oh, um, anyway, luckily enough, she... Sort of went under the wave, a few waves, and she went, shit, I can't breathe out here. And I was only about, oh, it was about my head out. 
And I'm going, oh, this is getting proper bad. <laughs> <laughs> and she made the smart decision to come back to shore. I was, oh, I tell you what, guys, I was proper happy that she did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you used to do a bit of catching too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still, oh, I still do a little bit, but I, I'm a bit smarter these days. I used yeah. to do a fair bit of catching with um, with Clay and Owen Lindley, to, probably two of my mentors, yeah. Clay Balentine yep. and Owen Lindley. Like they, I used to go up tops with them yep. religiously. And um, two awesome guys, been big yep. mentors in my life. Like oh, yep. he's got a got a set of nuts. Should come in a dump truck. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we used to go up top. So every year we'd go up. Oh, I'd go up with Clay, but then big big runs. We'd go up and sort of spend two two three weeks up there yep. and met a heap of good good fellas and yep. and. Um, yeah, had some. That's the best time of my life up there, yeah, Kane. Yeah. If you would ask me, my best times of my life, I'd yep. say. Apart from, from, since me little fella's been there, yeah, you yeah, know, there's yeah. been some cracking times. But I mean that, that catching them, you running yeah. on them, them short horns, eh? That's like <laughs> the best fun you can have with your pants on, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bit of an adrenaline rush, eh? Right? Yeah. 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 I tell you what, anyone that's um gone catching, like I think everyone's been in a hairy situation. I've done a little bit. Mm. Um, and you know, I've had a few up me clacker before mm. that, and you're getting around a tree, and I've had a couple <laughs> that are hooked up, and I'm like, this thing, I'm gone. I'm like, this is like, there's no way in the world I'm getting out of. Like, these things will just hook up to you and that. But I think anyone who's done a bit of catching can can relate to that. Like, it's, geez, it, it's something else. It, um, it's unreal. Eh? The sorts of men from the ball is like <laughs> done that. I've been. I remember. I don't know, but I used boys to know. You remember Simon, fellow named Simon Bats? Mm. Yeah, 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 yep. I remember he came up the tops there with us first time, and he was just a town, town like a town kid, eh? And he was about 16, 17, a little fit footy player, eh? And um, we gone up tops, and, and we'd just gone past frog, what they called Frog Paddock Gate, and and there was this white Mickey about, oh, he's probably only sort of two, three-year-old Mickey, you know? Probably only sort of... Seven, eight inches ivory either side. wasn't anything right home about, but he was he was just fresh young fella. And Clay said, "Oh, do you want to you want to have a go at him?" I said, "Yeah, we'll have a go at him." I was always keen, and and um, anyway, it was pretty thick on that on that left hand side of that, and and I knew it was going to get that if the dogs didn't lamp him quick, we were going to end up way down in there. And um, and I left. There was a heap of young fellas. Um, that left, I'd name them, but I, I, they'll love poor buggers. They'll get too much. Their mates will hang too much piss on them. Mate. But anyway, we left the ute, and there was a big crew of them left with me. Like we let two dogs go, and there was a big crew left with me. And I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. And um, and yeah, we're we're heading down. Like we were getting into the thick scrub right down the bottom there. Eh? And I'm going, oh, shit, this is going to be a long way to lead this thing out. <laughs> and um, anyway, I just about get there into him, probably about. Oh, 30 metres off him. You could see him through the scrub. The dogs had him lamped proper. And I went, oh, there he is, you know. So I looked back around. I was going to say, righto, boys, who's keen? And I looked back around there's no one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, these little shits, you know. Like, they're like, oh, I was, you know, yeah. 25, 26. And they were like 16, 17-year-old lads. and But they were all big strapping lads, yeah, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, anyway, so I get in there and, and it's in proper thick stuff and I'm putting leg rope on this thing and, and um, I had him by the tail like we were doing a few rounds and, you know it was all thick and, and all I remember is hearing this crashing sound and I'm like there's another bull coming through here like I thought because he, he's bellowing this thing I thought oh, there's another Mickey coming here I look back around and all I see is little Batman and he's just breaking vines Black Vicky <laughs> at this thing. <laughs> True. And I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he's like, didn't listen and just hit this thing, back leg, shoulder, and just drove this thing clean <laughs> over. I'm like, holy. That's that's a go hard or go home oh, moment yeah. right there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, you mentioned before um, challenging. Yeah, what what exactly is that? Especially for people like I don't even really know myself exactly what what yep. challenging is. Stop, Explain that to stop us. Some challenge. So it's a dry work. So it's a combination of you got a dry work pattern, a bit, little bit like. Does anyone know what a rain and rain and pattern? Sort yep. of like? yeah, yeah. A little bit like that. So you have a rain and or dry work pattern, and then you then you pretty much have a camp draft run. Um, your camp draft run is not. It's not direction specific so it's not a left or right hand course it's a it's a whichever way you want to go so they make it a little bit easier like that but 
but the challenge is is you got to you know get two high scores to be able to get through them you know mm. yeah mm. how many how many horses do you do you take do you have like a set um at the like moment, a limit of horses that you take at a time well um away I, I can only take seven at the time um yep. with the, with the truck i've got we'll we'll buy we've got to get some more transport this year because we've got a young fella with us so he's got a couple of horses to go down the road and we've got a few more um but as far as like breaking and and training horses we can sort of we can probably get through about 20 a day um mm. especially with the young fella that i've got there now so yeah and how do how do you get into your into your working dogs what's the story behind that yeah well that was just that was probably through necessity a little bit when i was a young fella dad always had you know he had old, old collie cross sort of things that had just run out there and blocked the lead and and um and i I sort of I seen a few videos. Pedigree actually, Pedigree Working Dogs was sponsoring um, the dog trials, and I seen these write-ups in the Country Life when I was like 11, 12 year old, and um, that was sort of where it probably first barked. And then then there was a dog school. Sean McGuigan was running one over at Thangool, so um, so I went there, and that's where I got sort of hooked. Mm. And um, then it's cost me a lot of money ever since running dogs and. Has there been any um, horses that you've been sent that are just like trouble? Like you can't, oh, you can't. Like um, <coughs> I wouldn't say you can't, but they've been real difficult to deal with. Definitely, definitely. Has definitely. there been anything that you've had to like go on that case and that you've had to like that that are just off their nut and you just like two, like I can't even deal. Yeah, two horses, two horses. One was one that hurt me, and uh, there was another horse, that, another gelding. He was a, a five-year-old colt. That they'd sent me and never been handled running out of the paddock. He was cut three months before he came to me, <laughs> and um, and like I, I got by him, but I knew he was going to hurt somebody. He was he was proper rough, eh? Um, yeah, and I, I'm trying to get away from them rough ones now. Yeah. Yeah. Going going into that, um, even like with a bit of work that I've done along breaking and that, um, how how do you go with your patience? Because I think that's like one of the key factors. You got to have a lot of patience definitely. with what you're asking definitely, from that man. animal <coughs> definitely and i think that that, re- that would um relate in both horses and dogs yep and, and people and people yeah yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes the clients like um you know i've got some great clients that send us back to me every year but sometimes you get clients that that can make things difficult you know um but yeah definitely you gotta patience is a virtue eh? and I, I i was pretty hot tempered when i was a young fella um and I, I think I've learned a pretty good patience mm. now, you know. Like well, I see it. I see it a lot because I'm I'm um, I'm mates with obviously a few horse trainers, um, and you know, people who send horses there just just you know, oh, see if you can sort this horse out and you know get them to to turn on a dime and all of that. Sick of them turning like a motorbike and all of that sort of stuff. And um, what they don't really understand is is um, you know just from listening to to, to you fellas is that they've got to put into practice when they get that horse home, exactly what you're doing because there's no use going and keeping your old bad habits and then complain, oh, he's fucking useless, this bastard, you know, sent him a horse and cost me two grand, whatever, and the horse come back the same. You know, you've got to keep into, keep into practice definitely, don't you? Exactly right, mm. and time and feel. And, and I always say to all my clients, like, you've got to be, when you go home, you've got to be a mechanic. Yeah. So we've got that horse roadworthy mm-hmm. we've got him on the road now you've got to keep the wheels on him keep his brakes on him keep his steering on him yep you know you've got to be a mechanic so that's mm-hmm. probably the easiest way to put it that's up. another thing i suppose too like everyone's got their own style of riding and how do they like how do you adjust to do you adjust to what they do or oh, do you just do your own i don't i um so if somebody comes to me specifically and says you know they need um to be able to get on that horse with a two-foot step, well, then I'll adjust to what I do and I'll, I'll mount that horse with a step or whatever, you know. Or, um, But as far as a program, because I, I believe that all horse training is all... It is all the same, whether no matter what discipline you're in, all the Just fundamentals. all the basic fundamentals yep. Yep. of everything. Yep. Definitely, yeah. And what, what about... So I think dogs is, is a big one. Um, dogs can really... Like, like they're they're a smart animal and they can re- they can really understand their owner and there's a lot of people have uh, have struggles with um, training their dogs or getting their dogs to listen. What's what's some of the biggest advice 
that you could give to someone that's trying to, I suppose, get their get their dog to understand what they're asking to do or wanting to do or even even just to be obedient and, and to listen to them? What's some, what's yeah. some advice you can give people out there that are struggling? Be consistent. That? So you've got to, you know, the biggest thing is consistency with dogs as far as if you want a dog to push cattle, if you want a dog to bring cattle to you, whatever you want, be consistent and, and probably listen to your dog a bit. Like for starters, I'd say go and buy a dog from good seed stock, good, you know, Get a good line of dogs. Somebody, you know, find somebody if you want cattle to bring cattle to come to you. Um, find somebody that has dogs that bring cattle to them, you know, and then get a, um, yeah, get a pup from them, and then just try not to complicate it, you know, like, like try to make it as simple as you can. And a lot of the time, you got to remember, there's about five thousand years of, of breeding in, say, like collies, like I have collie cross um, sort of dogs and. And they are smarter than us. A lot of the time, like my good dogs will teach me something nearly every day. That's what I was going to say. Like in, in doing that stuff, you'd, you'd be learning a lot from both aspects of animals. Definitely. And everyone's, every animal's different than that. You'd still be learning today, even where you're at yep. with your business and with your training and your skill. You'd still be learning a lot. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I mean... It, Horses, different lines of horses show you, different lines of dogs, um, and even different lines of cattle. You know, I do a, I do a fair few clean-up jobs as far as um, going to mustering blocks that people are having trouble with or, or that sort of stuff or clean-skinned cattle. And, and you know, I went down last year down down to Crow's Nest and we pulled oh, about 130-odd cattle out of, Clo- out of Crow's Nest that were they were, they were clean-skinned cattle. They'd been let go for about 14 years and... Um, and they were a different line of cattle as far as they'd hit you hard, like really hard at the start, and then they'd just fold and they'd just mould. As long as you uh, you done the right thing by them or the dogs did, you just sat out of the road and you'd put them cattle anywhere. Oh, they were like mm. dairy cattle by the time you finished. Don't you? Do you get fresh cattle all the time? Yeah, we do. Yep. Um, there, there's still a lot of... And I think, Kane, I think, I think it goes back to people... And, I mean, I hope the audience doesn't take this the wrong way, but I think people, through time, they're getting a little less less cattle sense in mm. them. That's, yeah, a, that's a, actually a big point because um, yeah, one thing yeah, I've, I've, I've learned is people teach animals bad habits. Yeah, yeah. And if they don't, you know, um, fix what they're doing, they won't ever get any, anywhere. So if they're asking something from, um, from a beast or even a dog, and um, they're not getting it. It's got to reflect on something that they're doing, yep. and that's where they need to, um, like you said, go to schools and understand different ways of getting back what you're asking. That's right. Definitely. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely, Taryn. They're, um, you know, you, you teach a bad habit to a cow quicker than you'll teach him a good habit, eh? Um, and you got um, actually, I've come past your place a few times, and you got water buffalo. Yep. I've, I've seen them out a few times. Yeah. And <laughs> you get you on the phone, eh, but you, you got some. Big looking weird things out in the road. Yeah, what's the story behind that? They're um, so we use them to train their horses on. Um, they never get stale. Um, so instead of having to have constant influx of fresh cattle coming through to train your cow horses, um, you can use them, and they're really they're honest running outside. So you can figure eight them and and really train like young horses or your older horses. Um, but oh, if if someone goes to me these days, what do you reckon? I should get some water buffalo? I say no. <laughs> really? They are creatures, oh, eh? Yeah. Yeah, they oh, push the limits. Oh, they push the limits, eh? Push what? the fences and oh, uh, fuck the floats and the troughs. And yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> they'll just so play with something. You'll watch them with a float. There'll be a float in the trough and they'll just play with that sucker until they break it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, a cow just go and have a drink. <laughs> Not a bar field you get there. Not a, and I'm like, mate, get so out I of here. I see like a lot of um, horse trainers and that. They resorted to like bison. Bison, yep, bison. Yep. Oh yeah, the same sort of thing. Yep. Really. What's what's this, what's a uh, bison are awesome. They never never change. They're probably better than than buff. Um, they'll you know they'll go all day long. Buff, you got to spell them out a little bit. A bison um, big in Australia? Yeah, there's a lot. There's there people is. breeding them. Um, like herds are. There's a mob down around, where are they, Gympie or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. I think they've got like a herd of about 300. Oh, really? 
Um, yeah, there's, they're, they're getting big because it goes back to money two wieners. If you can get a wiener bison, um, that's probably six grand, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And go, so going back, so you used to rodeo. When, when did that start for you? And when did it end? Um, so I was probably a little bit later starter. I, um, I probably didn't start riding Bronx, I suppose, till I was about 18. And then um, I started getting on a few. I was living with um, with a few different boys, like Benny Seeds and Matty Fossil and Stewie Frame. And Shout out to Benny Seeds, one of the best boys ever to come out of Australia. He is, definitely. And a good and horseman at that too. Yeah, he is, and, um, and a hell of a good bloke. Loves a, loves a drink, eh? He's, yeah, he's, like he's one of the lads, eh? Yeah. Um, and then I started getting on a few balls, just in the pracky pan, and I wasn't even good at it. But I was, I was sort of getting... I was getting on a few Bronx that were probably sort of running a bit and, and weren't weren't sort of barking and you were getting re-rides and you, you know, and then um, I went to Billow. So I, I rode Bronx for a couple of years there and, and I was doing pretty good at it, you know. I should have stuck with Bronx riding because I wasn't any good. I didn't have the art for bulls, but I thought I did. And, um, and then I ended up, yeah, sort of quitting about halfway through the season and I was doing pretty good with the title and... Um, and then I got on a horse at Billow and he galloped the whole length of the arena and just bombed me. And I rem- remember waking up with Stewie Frame, slapped me up the side of the face going, Oi, get up. And I was like, I didn't know where I was, <laughs> eh? He's like, you better get ready. You got your ball to get on. And I got on my ball and rode my ball and, and I went, ah, I'm not, I'm not getting on any more Bronx. You know? That's enough. Yeah, that. that was it. <laughs> that was enough so, for it. Has that – what others – so outside of rodeo or in rodeo or whichever, have you done any other sports – Dog trolling, um, I've, I've, I've sort of done a, f- a bit of everything, I suppose. Or not everything, but I've done a, tried a little bit of stuff. I never was really, went to school and I only went to grade seven and then done correspondence just because we were so far out of town, so I'd done correspondence. So I never had a big athletic career, I suppose. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do, you know, never played footy or that sort of stuff, you know, and... and um, and then, yeah, so I'd, I'd done a bit of dog trolling, a bit of cutting and a and, um, little bit of raining and then, yeah, just pretty much been horse sports, I suppose. Yeah. And that run, I suppose that runs into um, other things that we, we touch on, on on the show is, uh, is rodeo results, I suppose. Um, they had round two of national rodeo finals down in – where was that? Somewhere down Stan- – so somewhere down south, anyways, um, forget where that was. But anyways, no one rode a bull there. Everyone bucked off. Poor Jack Watt. He ended up um, getting knocked out, breaking his jaw, went in for surgery. Part of the game, but shout out to Jack. Hopefully you have a speedy recovery there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Shit house when it happens, but it's all, all part of it. And um, Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it does happen. And um, like it happens to the best of us and getting knocked out, breaking the jaw. It's all part of the game. I think it's one of the shittest feelings getting knocked out, eh? Oh, yeah, when you wake up and they're trying to wake you up and it's from the greatest sleep of your life. And then they're just wanting to, buddy, try and cart you out in the meat wagon. It's let you go. <laughs> and you don't want to go. I'm feeling fine. Let me get up and go. I what, remember what? getting on this um, bull at Alton Downs, actually, talking about getting carted out. And it, it was one of Shane Iker's bulls. Doctor Doctor was his name. And um, and anyway, I ended up, I used to, I used to hang and try and hang and rattle a bit. I had no style, but I'd just hang up and... And he kicked me in the gut and knocked me out. And, and he um, kicked you in the gut and knocked yeah, you out. Yeah, <laughs> I was way over the side and he's old gut kicker, eh? And he kicked me clean in the gut, knocked me out, just no air. And um, I woke up in the ambulance. They'd broke the – this was 19 minutes later I was knocked out. They broke the key off in the first ambulance. <laughs> and I remember Seeds, he's standing there at the edge of the – and he's like – He's like, stuff you, where are you? He said, I thought you were going to die. He said, they told me to hold your tongue out of your mouth. And I was doing the chicken dance, <laughs> like proper. And um, so he's like, oh, I've got to go, man. You're going to die. Or something's wrong with you. And he, <laughs> anyway, so, so they ended up getting me into, into um, uh, Rocky, checked me out. And oh, there's another little story there. But anyway, um, <laughs> we, we got checked out and I, I got dropped back at the Western with the worst headache of my life <laughs> and i look back these guys going why would you go to the western why wouldn't you just go home yeah. <laughs> i'm like no all the boys are there to go to the western i just sat around like all muppet yeah, oh, yeah. trying to fit in but um now and then i see thomas hudson's been killing it he's 
I think he, he went to a few shows on the weekend. He was he, he won one bull ride. He was second in a few. He's been actually riding really yeah, he's good. He's been riding real good, and he doesn't mind getting a bit savage with the outside foot either. Yeah. Like, doesn't he? It's yeah. good to see. Yeah, he, he's he's a real good cowboy too, just in, in general. Um, and then Corley spoke about him last episode. He, yeah, uh, AMC strap a lot. Yeah, went to um, him and Loco went to Canada for the Canadian finals, and between the pair of them, they just killed it. Um, I think Loco rode three out of four, and yeah, um, that's right. And old MC Strapper, he just strapped a lot of them and went four. four for four and ended yeah, up runner up in second. Yeah, mm, walked out with a good check, but um, definitely, yeah, that was good to see because like we were, speak, we were talking last time, like Gully obviously being a local boy, we all we all get behind him and he's starting to showcase everyone what he's made of, and he was making them bulls look easy over there. Like it, it was bloody unreal to see. Mm, mm. What was on at the Western on the weekend? Oh, it was just a um, finals of the summer winter series. Yeah, right. From the oh, just a, the Great Western itself. Yeah, they run a series through the year, and um, yeah, actually Lane Mellers come away with the win in that. Yep. He um he won the first round of the finals, and yeah, and he bucked off his ball in the second night, but yeah, still had enough points there to win the whole uh the whole series, and yeah, that was good to see. It was good to see him finish that um with the title too, like um. Lane ended up, I think it was a week prior, he ended up having his um, his baby. Um, so then to come oh, away with the title win, I think, would have just topped it off for him. It was well-deserved well by him. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So he's, he's put in a lot of hard work this year, yeah. Yeah, he has. Um, but, yeah, we so we we started a um, Cowboy Hotline. Nice. So on the socials, so for everyone that's not oh, following nice. us, nice. Get, catch us on Facebook, Instagram, The Reride Podcast. Jump on hotline numbers on there. Let's run through a couple of these and see what uh, some people have to um, some yarns they got to say. I suppose. Big sword, tea bag, and Caden. What is going on? Dolphin here. I've got a pretty com- controversial topic for you to cover today, and that is wanks at work. Now I'm gonna go going back a little bit now on a job site I was working at probably oh, four months ago. A wild yarn getting around about a fella getting caught having a wank at work on night shift. So it was there a couple of plan ops up on the top floor of this plant, I don't know, doing what whatever plan ops do, fucking the dog, I suppose. And I've looked down through the um, window of the top of the kill room and just seen old mate fucking lights on, door open, pants around his ankles, giving the other fella like going to town hard. <laughs> Wow, what a show that would have been to see. <laughs> Holy. I think Thanks, whoever that was. <laughs> I think um, on that, keep it for home. Don't do it at work. What, what, it what is work. it? Knock off before you clock off or something. <laughs> That's right. That's Far out at work, pants around ankles, door open, off. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's another level. Like, I don't know what that bloke's going through, but... To get in that... You haven't that. thought about it before? <laughs> no, nah, have you? No. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> have you? Work. Yeah, have you done it? I'm a worse place. Yeah. Work does not turn me on whatsoever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I suppose I spend a lot of time driving too, so... Although I wait for you over here. <laughs> Better than any drugs to keep you awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, not at work, eh? <laughs> Definitely not. Especially getting caught. What else we got here? Let's move on. Yeah, righto, T-Bag. Ando, big sauce. How you doing, fellas? Anyway, I've got a bit of a yarn for you. One of, one of the other employees and myself were off to town to get some parts and stuff for the station up here in the Cape. Anyway, on the way home, we ran into some technical difficulties with the car, and of all places, it's at the Denny's Pub. Dendular Pub was the place to be. Yeah, got on the big fans, but we'll get stuck into a couple of bevies, and then two blokes just prepared out. at the Sheila's place, and the work has taken off for the scrap and gone the road of 52-year-old mother. And I've jumped on the door. That's one way to end a drought, fellas. That was a bit static at the end, but I think 
We got the punchline. So I think moral He's story. He's technical yeah. diffidence with the car. <laughs> yeah. I can understand. I can relate to that oh, yeah. 100%. I think you're the king. So I think, I think <laughs> moral <laughs> of that story was they went to get parts. They broke down right in front of a pub somewhere up north in the Cape. That's the place And they've be. met a mother and daughter and then they've gone back and, and, and done some business and by the sounds of it, it ended up a real good trip for them. The cow and calf. <laughs> the, cow, <laughs> the cow and calf package. <laughs> the unit. Oh. <laughs> nah, good on you, boys. Yeah, love Definitely. it. Oh, I love it. Moving on. G'day, gent. Biscuit here. Biscuit. I've got a yarn for you. <laughs> so, I was down there with Karen, so I was going to pull in and have a few beers. You know, I was in town, I was getting some stuff done. You know, oh, you want to come feed some bulls? Yeah, I'd love to go feed some bulls, Karen. You know, that that would be a good good fun, mate. Anyway, he gives me the grain bucket, and we're up there feeding bulls, and I'm carrying the grain bucket around like a deal. And he goes, just watch that bull there, man. He, he's pretty hot. He'll probably get you. I was like, oh, yeah, sick, too easy. So I'm there minding my business, and this bull puts his head in the grain bucket and gives me one hell of a fright. So I've taken off running. Karen's laughing. I've lost the crock. I've dropped the grain bucket. <laughs> I've got a foot full of bindies. And I thought, you know, Tara could at least uh, run over and at, try, at least try and save me. No, he's in stitches. I get over to him where he's in the buggy. He goes, oh, sorry, man, that's the wrong ball. He's actually quite that far. <laughs> oh, man, I was hitting the leg. Jesus. Right, boys, catches. Stitch oh. up right there. I think oh, I've, got, I've got a few people with that. They want to come feed the bulls. <laughs> yeah. It's like take that grain bucket way out the flat there and put it in them tubs. <laughs> <laughs> All them bulls just want it as a feed. So they start out. Uh, the amount of people that just end up, they're like, they start going out and the bulls just start coming for them. Right. And then they're just looking over the shoulder and the bulls are coming faster. And they're getting faster. The bulls are coming faster and they're getting faster by the end of it. They've dropped the grain <laughs> bucket and they're going across the flat. I think it's probably one of the best stitch ups. Oh, that's great. Yeah. But that one's that up, I suppose. Yep, yep. yep. On the call one. But hey, if you have some if you have some yarns, head over to the Instagram. The hotline's in the bio. So jump on, spin us some yarns. I just wanna go back to that tag uh, for your catching yarns there, Gav. Um Wayne Goff always tells me a yarn about it about Owie. Tying a bull up with his jocks up at Crumber Tops. <laughs> so I wasn't there, but it, um, I've heard this story that much. That, um, so it was only just out there. They had a, a um, hut up there, up the tops, and it's where the camping grounds are now. And um, anyway, oh, he must have got, I don't know, came on over and he said, oh, I'll just take, take an old dog out. And he went for a ride. That was when they were riding horses. And... and um, Anyway, so he, he's got out there and, and he's, he's got this little Mickey and he's going, oh, I think he might have actually, no, to tell you the truth, he, he might have caught a couple mm. and he, because oh, he's just balance one, just ties, he'll tie a bull up, he'll tie an eight-year-old bull up and balance one <laughs> and I've never seen it break and people will go to me, what do you tie up with balance one and, and you can just carry balance one every year, as long as you get it tight, they'll never break it but you've got to get back there and get them on a tree quick. Anyway, so <laughs> the old fella right on the road, this little Mickey, and it's on the culvert, and <laughs> he's tied this thing up, and he's got nothing left. So he's, and Owie back in the day, all he used to wear was, was shorts and, bo- uh, for like footy shorts, no shirt, no shoes, nothing. <laughs> so he's, he, he's got this thing, and he's tore his, he, he's down to his jocks because he's already used his footy shorts. <laughs> so he's tore the jocks off, and he's tying this thing up with a set of jocks. <laughs> And there's a tourist, there's this car who come past with these tourists, so he's waving them down. He's got this Mickey, and as you can imagine where you hold, you know, you got a hold of it and it doesn't look a very good sight and you're naked. So, so he's got this thing, and he's like, hey, hey. And, and they've sort of half pulled up, and he's, he's going, have you got any rope? And they've just sped off proper. <laughs> So, Sitting so there with his is. digit out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So going back into the horse sort of things, um, you obviously breed a few yourself. Yep. Yep. Um, what traits do you look for in a horse and what what do you look for? What 
Proverbs, so um, that's a that's a good one, man. I, I I do want to touch on this because I want a lot of people to to probably everyone tries to breed horses and and there's that many good horses about these days. So I think what you got to do is you got to pick what you want to do. What I want to do is challenging or cow horse or camp drafting, you know. Um, so I pick horses that are calm minded, very cowy and um, and trainable, and and it's makes it pretty simple if you can get on a horse you know i broke i broke some good horses in now and you pretty much get on them you don't teach them anything all you do is just guide them along and, and just give them a relief when they when they do the right thing um so yeah i, I think um breeding horses is a big thing you know and, and the big one i get a lot of people you know they'll go oh, i've got a good old mare you know and really like is she a good old mare you know is, is, i mean she might have been nice old mare that they ride around but but there's heaps of horses about and there's horse breeders that are breeding miles of these it's like cattle breeders you know if you want to buy a good brangus bull you go to a brang you get on the cano and you go game what what good brangus bulls are you around you know like, mm. and what sort of what sort of bloodlines are you looking for in your horses what's your what's your main uh you know he's gonna she's gonna make a good challenge and or she's gonna make a good camp or um looking into the bloodlines genetics type of thing yeah yeah a lot yeah. of your american sort of stuff um i mean your conrans they've dominated australia for a lot of years yeah. um and i mean you, you know your romeos and that sort of stuff that's where all your foundation goes back to but there's so much new blood coming out of america right? mm. and i suppose it's like taron with his bulls you know yeah. like importing yeah. this semen over and and look at the quality of bulls you're getting now you know like so is that um, is that you, are you more into quarter horses? Yeah, yeah. I, I like. Don't get me wrong. I like to put a quarter horse stud open, but I, I still like that stock horse in them. I, I want to be able to run, you know. I want to be able to go to work. Yeah, if yeah. I walk a horse down the road, I want him to be able to walk out. I don't. Yeah. I don't. You know, not saying all quarter horses, but quarter horses are known for little short stepping little fellas, you know. So yeah. I, I want something. I want something. I want to be happy to ride all day to work, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Like um, like. In saying that, but like there are some good quarter horses there that do walk out. But for me, like my uncle, he's got a few horses there. He breeds a few as well. Like and being on them more quarter horsey things and short step and yep. things. Like to me, after riding like a good stock horse, something, cross, like, go, something like a bit smoother, yep. like going like some yep. of them quarter horses to me feel Roughly like you're riding a jack, jackhammer. Yeah, yeah. Like it feels like you're riding a jackhammer across the flat. Definitely, really. I agree totally. I like they. Um, yeah, if we could just. I think we've got a really good, the Australian stock horse, so there's a really good background there. If we can cross these with the American horses or, or you know, your court horses, um, you get a real trainability because a lot of your stock horses are a bit hotter. And, and the trouble is um, where I sort of, I see it is a lot of people don't have the work for them, you know. Mm. So that's why a lot of people go to the, the, the calm-minded court horses because yeah. they, they're weekend riders you know that's yep. all they get they they go to work nine to five or whatever they go to work you know so mm. whereas myself you know i i can get by them a little bit hotter horses because i i've got the work for them yep. um ones that are more sort of wound up like a little yeah, kid's toilet yeah, jack in the box yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, spring yeah. and go eh? oh, tops going eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually I, I saw um a post on on facebook there the other day and um like i'm i'm far from a, from a horseman I'll, I'll say that, but um, it, it said something along the lines. Don't quote me, but something along the lines like um, to to get a, to get such such say as as a, as a good horse, you got to let a horse be a horse. Now, in saying that, and in my opinion, like I'll drive along a highway or a road, and, and I'll see some horses out in the paddock, and they're rugged up in thirty five degree heat, and it's just I, in my my opinion, I just think fuck, like just let the horse be a horse, even during winter, like let them get their winter coat. What what's what's your thoughts on that? Your opinion? Because my 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 personal opinion is I I don't believe in it. Yep. But what, what's the? I definitely agree. I yep. agree. Like a horse has to be a horse. A dog has to be a dog. You know, yep. like, um, and that's what makes. I I seen a post. You know, horses always getting colic and that because they don't know how to be a horse. So yep. they eat. You know, that what they shouldn't eat. You know, like. Whereas if you're, I'm big on turning them out. Um, my show horses, once they hit show season, they're all rugged. But all the horses, like all the classic horses for next year, none of them are rugged. They're all, they're all, and no, I haven't got a horse in rug at the moment, you know. Mm. Um, I don't believe in rugging them this time of year. Um, and I, I just reckon be a horse, be out, you know, don't get them all bound up and all gathered up. Go 
jumping logs and be out in the paddocks. Because I've got a lot of horses that have never been out of a paddock, you know. Yeah, because when, when I see that, my thought is them guys are too lazy to fucking take it off. Yeah. That, yeah. That's just that's yeah. just my thought thought on it. Yeah. And there's a lot of horses that there's a lot of other issues come from that, you know. It's not natural mm. for them, is it? No, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Tell you what, on a good, on like the subject of good horses, and and definitely, I am I've never had the patience for horses. I'm bloody hopeless, <laughs> but I will I will if you want me to get, to get on, I'll get on. But I don't want. It's to. not going to look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, the bloke who first took me out mustering on horses was Jimmy McAdam. Yep. Jimmy. And uh, upper Upper Clifton actually. Yep. And um, and uh, anyway, but on that subject of good horses, I remember when. My partner and I were working at a feedlot down there at uh, at Dolby, and um, anyway, of course, I've got patience as 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 short as one thing, <laughs> and I just can't I, I can't wait. I've got ADHD. I just can't think all of that sort of stuff. Anyway, and she put me on a good horse called Buddy, magnificent horse, and you'd go into a pen, and obviously you do pen riding down there at the feedlots and whatnot. And you'd you'd look in and be like, oh, Rodio, there's there's ones with you know polio or he's got BRD or something, and you just sort of walk over to that to that beast, and this horse would just cut it out without me even telling it what to do. Like it had nearly slide me off the side because it already knew that that I wanted that one out of the yard. And then I used to think, oh, you know, this is magnificent. This is a good horse. It's like. It's like a machine that drives itself, so that's that's awesome. Yep. But what used to annoy me so much, and it used to annoy Haley that it annoyed me, is we'd get to a gate, and I'd shuffle up sideways to a gate, and I'd unchain it, and I'd push the gate open, or I'd push the front one open, and he would not go th- like he he'd, he'd go through it, but he'd nearly drag me off every time. And of course, it's only operator error, but I'd be like, Haley, this. Fucking horse has been through a hundred gates in fucking two hours, and it still does this. And of course, I'd get the shits. Next minute, be, domestic, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. blowing through the feedlot, you know. <laughs> and then, and then, Buddy's taking off down the flat, and, and then she's take your fucking spurs off. You don't know how to use them. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it, it was just, a, it was that was just the the pinnacle of radio. Well, that just right there proves that I'll never have the patience for horses. Because you know, th- although we've been through a, through through the gates a hundred times, I can't figure out why he still doesn't know that the latch folds off to the left, and um, and he's just got to duck his head back into his chest a bit, and then slide through it, and then maybe shift left a little bit so it doesn't catch me knee on the fucking gate. But meanwhile, it was you're a... putting the left leg on the right <laughs> yeah, leg. Yeah, I, I going, wouldn't even. Oh, I I'm wouldn't just even. Doing what I'm, told. I'm just sitting there with my legs hanging, you know. <laughs> But no, good horses. Good horses. You do appreciate them if you know about them, and of course, I don't know about them, so I don't appreciate them. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick yarn. Um, I, was, I was I was up at, actually at Clifton uh, mustering, and um, I was riding. I was riding a gelding Mahito, and he was he was really good gelding. Fucking at, at first, he, he, he was pretty average. So I'd done a lot of work on him, and and got him going good. But he'd always he'd he'd be a horse with the personality that would always try and test my limits. Yep. Anyways, I was chasing this beast up out of a creek. Anyways, this beast was playing up and I was starting to lose my patience. And I was going, yeah, right. So I just yard mojito. We're going up out of this creek. Anyways, there's this big tree that just forks out um, to the left. Anyways, a bit of a, bit of a um, gap there to the right. And I'm going, yeah, right. Oh, we're fucking going through there. And he's half getting on the lead, wanting to go um, go to the left. I'm like, all right. So I'm pulling him to the right a bit. Anyways, he's just at the last second. He's going, nah, fuck you. I'm going left. <laughs> and he's going left, coat hanging me clean oh. off this tree off the back. Anyway, shout out to Scotty Stringer and Jamie Coburn. <laughs> They're up the top there waiting for me to wheel this beast out the flat there so they could bend it. Anyways, the beast has come out, my horse has come out, and here comes me just limping up the flat. And my horse just turns around and just is just like looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing, bud? And I'm just like, oh, you bastard. Like, Mate, I was just off it. I was off it. But um, Caden, if you're looking for some new Western clothing, where do you go? Oh, the only place to go really is uh, lazytwesternwear.com.au. They have your every everything you need for your Western apparel. Really, they got shirts, they got hats. They well, got don't hats. they have actually really? They have hats to fit big big heads. 
That's to fit little heads. Boys. They got shirts to fit kids. They got shirts to fit adults. They got fit weasel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even weasel over here. He will fit a lazy T Western. I need shirt. A, I need you to make like a a a half button double pocket shirt for me. We can make that happen. Good, good, <laughs> good. I reckon I'll be able to sell that. But I got some fat friends. <laughs> Head over there. Head over there. Called the weasel. The weasel. (laughs) Head over there. Check them out. Yep. When are you going to start making some jeans, mate? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. there. We just got to work on a few things. Nice work. But au. Small business. Check them out. Trying to grow. Trying to bring things that people want. That moves us on to the next segment. Which is the up and coming rodeo draws? Which there's not much going on at this time of the year. It's starting to sl- slide down, and um, there's really only one event on um, this weekend, uh, which is the third round of national finals. Yeah, the NRA finals. Um, I like um, for me for my matchup. I reckon this weekend will be Finn Christensen on Smoke. He's, That's a good uh, bull. I like yeah, that bull. Yeah, a very good bull. Um, he was NRA Bull of the Year last year. And who else have we got in? Zane Hall on Indy. That's yeah, that's nearly a sure thing. That's, I reckon he'd have to ride that ball. I think you ride that. Um, I'm going with um, Jack MacArthur. He's on Hailstorm. Jack rides good. Barely bucks off. He um, well, obviously going for um, the finals title. Jack Watts leading to 74. He's out this weekend with a broken jaw. Jack's um, sitting second. I think um, I think Jack would come through. Get that bull road, win the finals, and um, and take the title. But have a look, boys. What do you reckon? Well, yes. I'd have to go with Caden. I reckon Finn's a bit of a, a bit of a local legend himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'd have to go with Caden there. I'm Finn Christensen on smoke. I'm with I'm with I'm with you. That's a good matchup. Yeah. That bull yeah. bucks and yeah, um, yeah. that bull definitely bucks. But I I reckon if Finn gets out of his own head, I reckon he can ride him every day of the week. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. He I was talking to him there um, the other day and. Um, and he's wanting it pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, he, he wants to come through and, and start smashing it, start smashing going red hot and having, having more of a crack. So I think this will be big momentum for him to, to step up, especially drawing last year's Buck and Bull of the Year and coming through. And, um, yeah, I hope, he, I hope he does get it done because that will be some big scores. So uh, taking it back into your leatherwork side of things, um, what made you get into leatherwork and um, how did you come about? Doing it. So me old man, he was um, he was a saddle maker um, back when I was born, or well, a bit before I suppose. But he learned off an old fella, and old old fella um, sort of taught him. And then he, when I was about, I don't know, it would have been wasn't far before Dad passed away. I would have been sixteen or seventeen, I suppose. He said, "We'll sit down and make a couple of saddles." And I was always into making belts and that sort of stuff. But I. Um, I sort of I started getting a little bit more into it, and then through necessity, I suppose, because I'm a bit of a tight bastard. I don't like paying other people or buying gear, so I like I like to fix my own stuff and make my own stuff as much as I can. You know, um, I don't make my own saddles. I, I I get someone else to do that, but I um, but yeah, I, I and then it's sort of just good to fall back on. I suppose I'm I'm a um, jack of all, master of none. You know. Um, Oh, that's good. That's good. Look, um, isn't that saddle making a yeah a dying art? Like any leather work, really, you know. And it, and it only just sort of hit me there the other day when uh, I was down at that Cobb and Co Museum in Toowoomba, and uh, they've got a workshop there, and they build old carriages and all of that sort of stuff. And there's a there's a full workshop on saddle making, and I was looking at the men who ran it. And they were all in their 70s, in their 80s and all of that sort of stuff. And um, I was just like, you know, there's limited younger folk who can who can do this stuff and yeah. no one's really interested in it really anymore. Definitely. And, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's, um, and it, I think they've, they've taken it off. Uh, so a mate of mine, Ashley Lindley, she, she done her, nearly done her trade and I think it was only like, don't quote me, but I think it was like three months out of, being signed off as a saddle yeah. maker with yeah. Toowoomba Saddlery and they, the government actually stopped the, the saddle making trade. Really? So, That's unreal. So the apprenticeship, it? there's no apprenticeships now. You know? But, you know, what are they, what, are, what do you do now? Like, you know, it's, 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 where do you go? You, 
What do you just expect a machine to make it or something, yep. you know? Yeah. And I know um, uh, likes of all uh, um, the old line saddles, you know, the old polies and that. Mm, mm. There's no one around. I get that many people messaging me about, and I can do them, but it's too time-consuming, so I yeah. I sort of try and pass them on. I know another older guy that, that does them, and, um, um, but it's just, you know, it goes... I'm going to teach my young fella. Yeah, well, I, good, I hope, good. I hope he, you know, I'm not going to force him to do anything. Yeah, but yeah. I hope I can teach him what I've learned in my life, you know. like Definitely. I'm Actually, going on that, Gav, um, where where can, if, peop, if, if there's people obviously around the central Queensland area, if they're looking for um, someone to break and train horses or even dogs, if you, if you do that leather work, where can they find you? Just um, look up on Facebook or Instagram, um, Gavin Ware Breaking and Training. Um, yeah, they'll they'll if they type in their search bar there, they'll they'll find me there somewhere. Mm. Yeah, that's you know, awesome. So you'll be able to give me a message yeah. or, or give me a ring. I um I'm old school. I like people giving me a ring. So yeah, yeah, yeah bloody oh. So if anyone's out there that's that's chasing that or looking for someone or um you know like what Gav does from from what we spoke about, just give him a search, flick him a message, give him a call, get his phone number, and um he might be able to help you out. Awesome, but, um, yeah, that basically wraps things up. So thanks for coming on, Gav. That was awesome. I, I, I learned a lot from that, and I, I think... Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was, that was great. Awesome. Thanks very much, boys, for having me on. Oh, no no, no worries, Gav. a little tune for us to go out on. Hooroo. I'm vanilla, baby. I'll choke you, but I ain't no killer, baby. 28 telling me I'm still a baby. I get love in Detroit like Skiller, baby.